Well, hey there, everybody. We're celebrating our two-year anniversary for Rate the Record podcast. Can't you tell by my awesome celebratory hat? Uh, this thing is kind of stupid. But regardless, in all seriousness, aside from how serious my hat is, thank you so much to everyone who's been hanging out with us for the last two years, who has shown us support and who likes what we do and everything like that. I know we're just a couple of bumbling fools when it comes to this music review thing, but we have fun with it, and we're glad you do too. So thank you very much for taking the time to check it out. Uh, two years has been great. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep having fun with it. We can only hope that the community keeps growing bigger and bigger. So once again, thank you very much. Enjoy today's episode. And I think Savannah has something to say as well. Hey, it's Savannah from Rate the Record. We're just about to record our second year anniversary video. I do want to thank you very much for sticking with us from the very beginning. Or if you jumped in halfway, or if you don't even know who I am. Check out Rate the Record. Thank you so, so much for your support. And I hope to continue to annoy you with my shitty music takes. Thank you. The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 88. Yay! 88, the year I was born. Woo! Yeah, I was going to say... Makes me 24. Woo! What a significant number. Yeah, don't you look at that, 88. But I, I feel like there's something more significant than 88. It's not the year... You, you don't count. It's not the year you're born. Who cares? Uh, let's see. Uh, parallel oh, number edition. Uh, it is 88. No, we've done that plenty of times. There's two eights. Oh, it's the number two. We're turning two. Right, the record podcast is two years old. Look at the Yay. two. We both have twos behind us. I was gonna, I was gonna put two twos, um, and then we're a two two, or start singing Taylor Swift's twenty two. Um, but there was really no way out of that, so I figured I would just stick with the one. The funniest part about you wearing a tutu is you. We never see you like blow your torso. It'd oh, be around like, the neck like here. a clown, like the clown I am is what it is. <laughs> That, I mean, again, yeah, that would have worked. I mean, look at my goofy ass hat with the stupid balloons. I hate that I did this, but I'm going to I'm going to commit to the bit. Commit. Commit. Anyways, your uh, teething terrible twos host for the day are Chris and Savannah. And she has no idea how she got here. I don't think either of us do. It's 80 episodes <laughs> later and we're still doing this. Somehow we show up with dumb shit on our heads and everything like that. But hey, you know what? Thank you very much for tuning in today. Uh, what a special day. Yes, uh, th we are in our week of the two-year anniversary. So realistically, August 17th, 2021, channel starts on YouTube. August 23rd, 2023, we upload our Meet the Host or intro style. Oh, so that, ne that needs to be reduxed. If anything needs to be reduxed, it's that. And then August 30th, coming up in just a few days upon releasing this episode, that's when episode one, Pearl Jam's 10, went up. So we are two years old. Thank you very much for joining us for our special anniversary. Yay, and Yay. I'd like to think we've gotten any better. Uh, I hope. We, we've gotten any better. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> that's the joke. There's your joke. Think of that. I'm so dumb. <laughs> That's, that's hilarious. Uh, but yes, uh, just make sure that if you like what you see and or hear today, especially what you see today, the very flat, look at all the balloons and stuff we got going on. It's fantastic. Yeah. 
If you like what you see and or hear, make sure you do a bunch of things to show us your love and support, especially on this, our two-year anniversary. Like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, follow. Any one of those six things, a combination of them, all of them, but at least bare minimum one. Show us some love. It's free. It's quick to do. And uh, we, we're super appreciative of everyone who does that because, I mean, we've made it this far. Subscribers, listeners, everyone has been increasing. So it's been super, super awesome. Thank you. So by the time we hit three year, we hope to have way more numbers than that, too. So, again, do one of those things. That all helps. And you can do all all of that at ratetherecord.ca. Find all your streaming links over there. Uh, you can find all the social media links and follow us on social media too. Those numbers are very important. And then of course we have uh, merch. You can request albums and there is the ko-fi.com slash rate the record. Yes, we do have the RTR club, five bucks a month. If you do want to financially support us, early access to episodes, bonus content, which we're going to be recording bonus content today for Kofi mm-hmm. as well, uh, since it's a special occasion. Uh, yeah. Shout out and we'll do your band's music as well over on Kofi. So yes, uh, if you want any of that, if that sounds cool, five bucks a month, uh, Kofi.com slash rate the record, all found at rate the record.ca. Hell yeah, you did a really good job today. I feel Which like is, you've prepped. Like, you know what's funny is like, I like to think I'm getting better each week, but um, if the audio listeners can't hear the balloons banging off my head, because I have balloons tied to my hat, it's extremely distracting. So like, I have to like pinpoint my focus because I, I told you off camera, like the balloons hitting my headphones sound like two bass guitars tuning themselves <laughs> in each yeah. other. Like it is, uh, but I have to commit to the bed. I have to keep it on. That is hilarious. I'm very glad that I didn't get any hats. Uh, I just jammed some glow sticks through the lobes of my ears and uh, threw some Happy New Year glasses on. So very low effort. Uh, I mean, low effort over here too. Some streamers, some balloons. A big number two. Mm-hmm. That was the most expensive thing I bought. It was like six bucks. Dang. Dang. <laughs> I, I really went all that. out. And I have to keep that for your 29th birthday. Yeah. And I should have kept the one too for my 21st birthday. Damn. The one that I used last year for the podcast. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, if you've been here before, especially if you were here for the first anniversary, you know that we get a little goofy and weird with it. And so, hey, welcome back, regardless of how long you've been here. Glad that you're here to be a part of this all again. But if you're new here, wow, what an episode to jump in on. So this must look a little weird. We don't usually look like this, but it's just a special occasion. Anyways, welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy your stay. Have a lot of fun being part of the musical community that we're trying to build brick by brick, as I used to say before. But regardless, that means you don't know what we do here on the show so each week savannah and i we will take an album choose an album i should say completely randomly doesn't really matter no rhyme or reason just want to listen to one because xyz reason we take album requests plenty we have one coming up next week and we have like three more in the second half of season five yeah. so far so we've got plenty coming up it's all good and anniversary albums this is technically anniversary but the album's not an anniversary it's just an anniversary for us regardless special occasion yeah mind your business doesn't really matter no no uh, you you don't have to mind your business because mind, our uh, mind hours for the next hour or so but regardless yes. uh we will choose an album discuss it at length from front to back we rank the songs and then we rate the record i'm not even gonna try because if it doesn't sync up properly i seem the fool so you know what like last week when not we today it, not tried, today satan you tried to fuck with me last week but yet it came out perfect <laughs> I ha- I had to say rate the record like a half, maybe a half a sentence to a whole sentence before you even said it. So I'm glad like, that you keep it consistent every week or else I'd have no idea what's going on. Yeah, as I said before, like I have some parts like static, you know, like I, I know, <laughs> like I don't even have a script. It's just kind of like I know this part, so I'm going to get it up. But then yeah. things like this right now, there's no sp- I have nothing memorized. For, I don't even know what's happening anymore. Like, where yeah, am I? Where are we? Yeah, where are we? Who are you? 
I, I'm geriatric and I'm only like in my mid thirties. <laughs> Alrighty then, but yes, today's episode, episode eighty-eight. Uh, so every year it's been kind of a tradition now that we do a Pearl Jam album because we our very first episode, episode one, was Pearl Jam's ten. Our first anniversary, I believe, is episode forty-seven. We did Pearl Jam's verses. So episode eighty-eight, our second anniversary, is only fitting that we're doing their nineteen ninety-four album, Vitalogy. Vitalogy. Is that how you say it? Vitalogy? Vitalogy? I kept saying Vitalogy, Vitalogy, Vi... Vi it's the I, yeah. V album that's not Versus. There yes. you go. Yes. This one just says Pearl Jam on the front, I'm pretty sure. No, no it just says, says Vitalogy. Vitalogy. It, it looks like a storybook Vitalogy. cover. Yeah, yeah. I make the thumbnails and stuff. I know exactly what these albums yeah, are. I definitely reviewed this. Ha <laughs> ha. Certainly hope so. Did you... I wonder if this I'm is... Outsourcing. I was going to say, is this the episode that you outsourced to Fiverr? Or just like uh, you do like an AI thing. I don't know. Oh, well, I'm sure one of hey, these Chad, days GBT, I will. Do this entire album review for me. Oh, my God. I I would love for one episode to outsource the review to actual Fiverr. Like you do it. I do it. And then just read it. And, and I just imagine the disgust in our voice when we read something we don't agree with. And then we just we pick apart the person who wrote it instead. Yeah, spend the entire episode bullying them. So if people give us shit for our opinions, like, well, it's not ours. Right? Uh, That'd be our evil side is coming out two years in. It's it's finally happening. <laughs> Alrighty then. So I'll tell you a little bit about Pearl Jam and this album. But here's the thing. Uh, as we've done with multiple... By the way, Pearl Jam's the first band on this show to have now three appearances. Yeah. Too bad it wasn't for the third anniversary, but whatever, it's their third appearance, it doesn't really matter. But regardless, because of that, uh, I, I've read their biography a couple times. Uh, the second time was condensed. This one's even more condensed. I spent much more time talking about this album because apparently this album almost destroyed the band. Oh. So that's pretty cool. So here's a very condensed biography of Pearl Jam, and then I'm going to talk about Vitalogy. So Pearl Jam is an alternative rock band of Seattle, Washington, formed in 1990 with members vocalist Eddie Vedder, guitarist Mike McCready, guitarist Stone Gossard, and bassist Jeff Ament. And for the sake of today's album, Dave Abruzes... Uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, fuck, I knew this earlier. Abruzes... Regardless, he was on drums and percussion, uh, but he was actually fired shortly after this album anyways. So their debut album blew up, Versus did very well as well, and then they released today's album. There you go, the very condensed biography. So nice. Vitalogy, Vitalogy, whatever the hell you want to call it, is the third studio album from Pearl Jam. It was released on November 22nd, 1994, and was released through Epic Records. It was recorded at many studios, including Bad Animals in Seattle, uh, Southern Tracks in Atlanta, Doppler in Atlanta, and Kingsway in New Orleans. So they were like all over the map for that. I get I uh, I believe they also wrote this one on tour, so that's probably why they had different studios like that. Uh, the album was produced by Pearl Jam and Brendan O'Brien, who has also worked with bands such as Kansas, The Black Crows, which they did Shake Your Moneymaker, by the way. So oh, yeah. uh, we've heard that name come up before. Uh, what the hell has he done? <laughs> Temple of the Dog, which is another better project, or most yeah. of Pearl Jam. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Stone Temple Pilots, Aerosmith, Soundgarden, Neil Young, Rage Against the Machine, Limp Bizkit, and so many more. Wow. He's another producer with a huge resume, you know? Yeah. Granted, a lot of the albums he did were around the same time, so he was building the resume at that point. Uh, most of the album was written and recorded while the band was touring on the back of their 1993 album Versus. The album was originally set to be released in early 1994, but was ultimately delayed by the label due to Pearl Jam's battles with Ticketmaster. Boy, how timely. If only they could write do that again, huh? 
Oh my God. And it's, it's funny because this whole Taylor Swift eras tour and everyone's like, Oh my God, fight against Ticketmaster. You know, there's the few of us that are sitting back going, eh, Pearl Jam tried. Good luck, kids. Good uh, luck. Taylor's far more powerful than Pearl Jam was at this point. I, and still I is really. Pearl Jam's not powerful. Like she, she has so much goddamn pull. When the prime minister of the country is begging for you to tour, you have power. She might not admit, although she didn't exactly win her fight against Spotify. So what does that tell you? Regardless, uh, more about this album. Tensions in the band increased due to drug use and rehab, communication failing between members, Eddie making most of the final decisions by himself and other small reasons. So like things were kind of crumbling at the seams here. Uh, Dave Abruzzes. (laughs) Hopefully that's the last time I have to say that name. I can't remember how many more times I wrote it. He stepped away from production to have his tonsils removed and would be fired a short time later due to interband conflict. I remember this. I remember this. Yeah. He was when it happened. No, no. I remember uh, reading about it. I know little bits and pieces of trivia about Pearl Jam. And uh, I think it was he, he like came back. Yeah. And was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Where's my job? I don't think, yeah, I don't think he quit or like was on his way out. I think this was a surprise. So that really fucking sucks. Um, And continue on for that too. It does suck. Yeah. Like you have your tonsils removed and suddenly bye. You missed production time. Um, He was briefly replaced by former Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer Jack Irons. Uh, The album, so Matt Cameron wasn't there yet. I don't think he comes in for another year or so. Yeah. Um, So let's see here. Where did I leave off? I keep losing my place on the page here. Okay. The album received mostly positive reviews. The LA Times gave it four out of four stars. The Village Voice gave it an A minus. The Rolling Stone album guide and our mutual acquaintances over at All Music. Wow, that's really slipping for them. Gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Q and Rolling Stone gave it a 4 out of 5. And fellow B-tier enthusiasts at Entertainment Weekly gave it a B plus. Of course they did. Thanks, guys. Yeah, see, this is what this is why I like I'm kind of like distancing myself from all music now because we found our true calling. We found our true soulmates over at Entertainment Weekly. Sometimes you have to date someone to find out that you love their father. So you wouldn't have met them if it wasn't for your ex. I'm with my partner right now. We've been together for 15 years and she wasn't my first girlfriend. So, I mean, like, I went through a few to get to this one, right? Exactly. Uh, let's see. Where else did I leave? I keep losing my spot off the page. <laughs> the album hit number one on many charts, including the U.S. Billboard, Swedish, New Zealand, Ireland, and Australia. It didn't chart in Canada until 1995, where it peaked at number two. The oh, album wow. went 15 times platinum in four different countries, five in the U.S., five in Canada, four Australia, and one in New Zealand. It also went gold in four countries as well. The album spawned only technically three singles, Spin the Black Circle, Not For You, and Immortality, but oh. note that Better Man, though not a commercial single is the yeah. only track to go number one on this album anywhere in the world corduroy wasn't a single no, another one right yeah what? Although, granted I, I don't remember hearing corduroy as much as like better man which i still hear to this day oh i still i hear corduroy weird that's that's a couple albums so far that one of their most popular songs on the album wasn't even a single that's really surprising and it, it was well, kind of like the first time we covered Pearl Jam realized that, oh, man, Yellow Lead Better's not on any of these albums. What the fuck? I mean, yeah. it's like one of those. It's like the staple song to close out the show. Like this is like encore type thing. It's already in the encore territory. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Alrighty then. Well, I spent a long time talking about the album because I kept losing my place on the page. Let's actually get into this, celebrate the anniversary and start talking about this album. So song number one, Last Exit. 
last exit for the first song. What is this? Opposite day? <laughs> You're so funny, though. Um, so <laughs> just like you're unsure of how funny I am, I am unsure about how I feel about the beginning little tune-up to the song. Uh, I I don't know. I've always kind of hated it. It doesn't affect me as much as before. But before, I'm like, just cut it out for fuck's sakes. You don't need that. Well, apparently if there was, um, you know, drug problems behind the scenes with this one, maybe that was a factor. I, I can't remember... I think it was Mike McCready who was like maybe having Coke problems as well. Probably. Yeah. Um, so last time there was a band getting into drug problems that ventured into this kind of territory. I, I believe we talked about One Hot Minute by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which the was a very different album first. for them. Yeah. And so actually there's a number of points on this album when I got One Hot Minute vibes, despite the fact this one came out first. So wow. like this was 94, that was 95. But like, I don't know, there was a few points on this album. Like this sounds like like something of the sessions of One Hot Minute. So that's pretty interesting to me. I hope um, they're the funky songs that I've, I mentioned. They're funky. I hope they're the same ones. Well, One Hot Minute wasn't super funky okay. though. Mm. Like Aeroplane and that's about it. Everything else is like more like straightforward rock and borderline metal. Well, we'll see as we go on. I guess so. Uh, I do like that little. Actually, I like the weird little fake intro. I I, th I thought it was kind of cool. Whatever. Like, I'm not too mad about. It, it doesn't last long, so it's not too yeah. much to be mad about. Uh, then the drums kind of just pounded in. Song starts, and it's good energy to kick everything off too. So we're more or less off to a good start. And like the verse and chorus blend a little bit, but the thing is, uh -huh. this is like less than three minutes. Uh, I just enjoy the pacing of it enough, so it didn't really bother me that things were blending. It just Mm -hmm. Good pace, good energy, pretty short, so you're not like constantly searching for what's what. Yeah, so I didn't notice much. It's fine. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of effects on the guitars. They just seem pretty clean and straightforward. Feels like garage rock, and I actually kind of like that. Um, and the that drum that drum lead. What the fuck does that mean? Okay, you know what? Remind me to use punctuation next time. I'll remind you not to use that, Fiverr next time. Jesus. Well, yeah. Who the hell wrote this? That drum lead up to Eddie yelling is a nice contrast to just speaking the song title before the song ends. That's it. At the end of the song where he's like, this is this. And he's yelling. And then at the end, he's like, last exit. And that's it. I actually oh, kind of like that. Yeah. I like that contract or contrast. Because uh, uh, the, the other note that I have, I said, do I hear Eddie quietly say that stinks at the very <laughs> end of the track? Because then I, I disagree, Mr. Vetter. I actually quite liked it. Because like he's like yelling, and I thought he hated taking just him like, that stinks. And then it's like, cool, we're keeping that in then. And considering, uh, no, that, Eddie had, considering that uh, Eddie had the final say on this album for a lot of the tracks, like the fact yeah. that he keep that in. So I was like, okay, whatever. Maybe he had a change of heart when he was in production. I don't know. That's hilarious. Thank you for that already for song. But yeah, th this overall, like this album has far more of like a grungier, punkier vibe than the other two albums did. Yeah. Like they have the other two albums had, were like more groove oriented, uh, kind of more bluesy, like kind of rock, hard rock type feel. This actually has that grunge feeling that people would think of when Pearl Jam's referred to as like one of the big four in grunge, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's also kind of why I felt it was like the one hot minute. Cause like this one felt different as compared to the others. Yeah. I think there's a couple songs on this album that, uh, lyrically lament the fact that grunge got popular and stuff like that. But 
you saying that this sounds grungy. I'm like, the irony. <laughs> the irony is not lost on me. Oh, I, I will mention too. Uh, so usually we don't do uh, lyric analysis, and com- I'm not going to lie, I completely forgot to do it for the last one. But I actually have like the song meaning, or at least my own interpretation for every song awesome. moving forward. This is the first time I've ever done this. I was like, hey, you know, what? it's a two year anniversary. My, I might as well go a little extra special for it. Because uh, yeah. on that note too, the, there was a song later on where yeah, there's there there was a song written about how like. He, he resents the fame because a lot of it is based on the band's sound and bands like Nirvana as well. Like they got famous on their sound, but like the deeper meaning behind the lyrics are usually ignored because mm-hmm. like, it's just, Oh, we, we care about loud and heavy. That's all we want. Like, so there is a song like that coming up later in the album, but yeah, it, I think that kind of thing is alluded to a couple of times, like his uh, struggles with the music industry. Yes. Yep. So as I said, I forgot to do last exit. My apologies, but I'm pretty sure it's a. Uh, if you read through, you could probably get something out of that. But number two, a song I've been waiting to do for the last three Pearl Jam albums now. Spin oh, the black circle. I've always loved spin the black circle. Um, I I know that it's about you know spinning records, listening to music, blah blah blah. Um, I just like to imagine that it's a song about spinning this magical album that when you spin it at a certain speed, it turns into a vortex and then you jump into it and you live with the mole people. See, <laughs> I mean, that'd be pretty cool. I could dig that. At least stick your head in and peek in and be like, what do y'all look like down here? And then they're like, mole people, mole people. And then that's all they say. <laughs> they're kind of like crab people from South Park. They're just like, mole people, mole people. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. The imagination is strong with this one. Well, it better be. Uh, I feel like I'm going to be having a few drinks tonight because we have a lot to record today other than just this episode. Yeah, uh, Yeah, well, the mixtape's coming out tomorrow. That'll be on YouTube. And now also Kofi's going to get a bonus, like, chill podcast, too. So there you go. We're recording a lot today. It's a lot of alcohol. But, yeah, um, it's funny because, like, as much as I've always loved Spin the Black Circle, again, I've never really took the time to analyze the lyrics. Didn't know it was about <laughs> just spinning records. And, yeah, it was like how Eddie Vedder thought that oh, I'm tearing up my hat now, like, the tinsel my hat <laughs> Eddie Vedder thought that like um the youth of the day were kind of like neglecting LPs and like moving past that because like CDs were obviously huge at this point cassettes were still kind of a thing yeah. uh so I mean this was just like his professing his love for this medium of music and how fitting for our show right the record right and I usually show vinyls I don't have Vitalogy so I can't do that I, I don't think I thing. have a Pearl Jam vinyl no I don't me neither I've I've owned uh three Pearl Jam CDs my entire life. I, I've owned 10 and Versus, and I was gifted their self-titled album back in like 2005 when it dropped. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I don't have any. I don't think I've ever owned it. No, but I listened to Lightning Bolt from 2013 a lot. That was pretty good. Can't wait for 20 years until we get to that. Yeah, that's going to um, take a little while, huh? <laughs> right? Just uh just speaking of, of you saying Eddie Vedder was all kind of like, oh, the youth these days, blah, blah, blah. Guy was 29 when this when this album came Fucking out. kids. Right? And he, he had to have been like 27, 28 when it was being written. So like, man, shut up. Yeah, the, he wrote this on the, the Versus tour. So, I mean, there yeah. you go, right? Jeez Louise. 
But kind of going back to that idea, too, that it was, like, good punk energy and everything like that, mm-hmm. and that's what you mm-hmm. kind of feel like that. You get that a lot in this one. Very yes. loud, very noisy, very, fun, like, it feels like just a bunch of downstrokes on the guitar, just like old punk music used to do. So it's, it's very good. Uh, the aggression on this track always gets me hyped. I love it. It's also a very short track, too. Two minutes and 47 seconds, so you're not dragging too long. All good. I love it, and, like... As I did write this note here, although I mentioned before, things feel far grungier than the previous albums. And that, that can be said for a lot of tracks moving forward. Like you still have like the quieter, balladier, come down kind of stuff, but there's still like a lot of aggression on this album. I definitely agree. I did mention it was pretty punky as well. And I really like the, I guess, the main riff chords. They they sound like they make me feel weird in some sort of like inquisitive way. Like, you know, when something makes you uncomfortable, but not enough that you're going to like leave and not interact with it. You kind of leave and then you go, I'm really curious about that. And then you advance a little. That's kind of how I feel about listening to those chords. I hear it and I'm like put off and I'm like, let's see where this goes. And it goes somewhere good. I like it. I've always liked this song. Yeah, it's never needed to go too far from what it originally does, too. The song doesn't go too crazy with, like, throwing in a completely different B or C section, you know? Like, it's mm-hmm. pretty straightforward. Again, things kind of blend. Actually, realistically, things blend pretty easily in this song. But again, you don't notice because the energy is fantastic. And so yeah. just, like, it keeps you captivated the entire time. It's definitely uh, a song you can run on a treadmill, too. You just just run fantastic i've seen them perform the perform the song live while eddie was uh wine drunk so that was fun and because they speed up their songs live i can just imagine how fast this one was see i don't remember that because i saw them in 2005 so i mean uh, at this yeah. point that's 18 fucking years ago sick yeah I, not, not good like tight sick that's disgusting yeah. sick i saw them in 2003 so i understand god damn it <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're exactly 20 years ago. There you go. There's the two yep. in our two-year anniversary right there. It's your 20, yeah. whatever the hell I'm going with that. Anyways, I guess we're just good to move on now. Uh, song number three, Not For You. If it's not for me, I'll just move on. That's fine. No, I like this song. <laughs> I love how he, like, amps up his tone and emotion as the song's going on. It feels like he's yelling and berating me personally. And, like, go ahead, because I, I actually, I've... I know it's easy to say, well, I've always liked the song, but I, I like how aggressive and um, go fuck off this song is. Well, this this is one of the ones that's directed the music industry as well. Uh, as far as I can like, yes. you can tell they were in their Ticketmaster hating phase or just music industry in general hating phase, uh, which obviously went over to Yield too because like that was like the last music video they ever did for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the song is apparently how uh, Eddie hated the exploitation of kids by the music industry. Just like, buy oh. the records, buy this, buy that, buy all the fucking merch. And it was like being directed to younger kids, i.e. pop music, for example, that yeah. was coming along. Because obviously, who's the biggest consumer of pop music? Little children Savannah going to Taylor Swift's concert. <laughs> Hell yeah, as a 35-year-old. Oh my god, I'll be 36 by the time I get to see her. Oh yeah, that's god. next November. It's not even this November. Right? God, right? you're, you're going to be too old to go. You're, you're going to be asleep. You'll like you'll get there and want to rent a hotel because like I, I can't I can't do this. I can't do this. The crowd will exhaust you. Hey, one, we have seats I can sit down to. We are renting a hotel, yes. Do you have two seats you can lay across? Them? <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, I don't. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, so I, I 
especially with the modern fight against Ticketmaster we hinted at earlier, I kind of hope that he, maybe in his later, the later discography, I'm not sure, but maybe he did a part two to this because we could really uh-huh. use a part two right about now. Right. Yeah. I, I, sorry, I was going to say, I think the only band or artist has, that's come close in recent years to fighting Ticketmaster and actually kind of succeeding was Robert Smith of The Cure. Oh, really? The Cure was on tour and the tickets were fucking outrageous. Smith finds out and he he tells Ticketmaster, he's like, I'm going to cancel my entire tour if you don't do something like re- reimburse these people right now. Or I'm going to cancel everything. So they yeah. reimburse people like a ton of money. And then he came out and said, he's like, if it were up to me, I'd be charging 25 bucks a ticket. Yeah. So, I mean, like considering that when I tried buying cure tickets for like kind of okay seats was like closer to 300 bucks. And he said he would be willing to charge 25. It's like, you, yeah. you know, it's not the band then. It's definitely the fucking assholes behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like, and, and I'm going to bring up Taylor Swift only because it's topical with it right now. <laughs> but a lot of people are like, oh, she's a she's a millionaire. and She doesn't need all that money. It's like, bitch, she ain't doing it. Like, she's she's on her plane flying to the next place while people are hammering on laptops getting her stuff done. Oh, she like, was really down to earth. She would just ride a like a pickup truck to the right? next stage. She wouldn't take right? a private plane. Right? But she can't do anything without crowds and crowds of people. So it's like, oh, no, she's just like all of us. No, you're stupid and delusional. Shut I was gonna up. Say, you can walk through a Walmart and no one will even fucking blink at you. Whereas if Taylor Swift does that, there's a fucking riot. Right. There's also a girl on TikTok and she looks very similar to Taylor Swift and she leans heavily into it. And recently she went out and kind of dressed in that manner and was like swarmed and then said that the experience was horrific. I imagine you did it. You're the one who you could have just been normal, you know, Ashley at the Walmart, but crazy it's just crazy people are crazy and some people want to taste the fame and then they immediately hate it yeah so i mean i i can't blame well, them that's you, the, you go from a private life to suddenly everything you do is public like it's fucking disgusting i hate it and we round right back to eddie vetter exactly <laughs> battles with Ticketmaster and the music industry yep. and everything like that uh talking about the actual song though not for you uh i do like the come down pacing of this track i mean like there's still good energy and aggression in it but like not nearly as much as like say the previous track for example where it's like spin spin the black circle was like probably the fastest most energetic song on the entire album mm-hmm. so like you're coming down from that and it still feels significant enough so i like that it's pretty cool um i do really like the like the muffled guitar layers in this song too like there's a lot of different layers of guitar but in the bridge especially i thought they were pretty cool it gives us production like a big messy but yet coherent feel to it so mm-hmm. i don't know I, i'm enjoying things like this like again you could tell there's probably cocaine going on because of how many guitar layers there are <laughs> Uh, need yeah. we talk about fucking o- Oasis and that definitely maybe album where apparently they hated it because of all the coke they were doing? Uh, was it? I think definitely maybe was their first one. Be Here Now is the one with Do You oh, Know What I Mean on Yeah, it. okay, then that's the one. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I, I get them confused. Yeah, that I, one's I'm not, notorious. I'm, I'm not huge on my uh, Oasis discography, although I do like Do You Know What I Mean, but I know Noel Gallagher hates that song because yeah. of how much fucking coke they were on. Yeah, and I think he's called it, like, an overblown, like, mess or whatever. I'm like, well, it's just, now you learn. Now you learn. Live and learn. I listen to My Bloody Valentine. I'm used to overblown-sounding music, okay? We're good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. uh, With this one, speaking of the guitars, like, 
in this, I hear the squealing of one guitar on one side and it kind of ramps up as the main riff is played. So it kind of like, I don't know, it just adds so much seasoning to just that main riff. And I really like that. Um, I like the massive amount of distortion on the rhythm guitar through the bridge. It feels like a talk box. I like that. Uh, probably what you were talking about. And I really want to mention that bass walk down through the quiet bit after the solo. Mm, if you can't recall it or didn't hear it, listen to it again. You could totally hear it. I loved it. It was fantastic. And the bass for this entire album has quite a few spots where I'm just like, what the fuck was that? And then there's one song that I barely heard it to the very end. I was very let down. Yeah, Jeff Amant definitely uh, stepped up a lot in this album. Apparently, uh, he was very close to leaving the band at this point, too. Really? Because he, the, out the of all the, of them, he, he seems like less of a cokehead. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I don't really know much of his personal life. Yep. But yeah, like he, uh, the tensions were becoming too much and he was threatening to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't, though, surprise, I mean, not surprise, I should say, uh, spoiler, he's still in the band to this day, so. Yeah. They all technically are, except uh, for the drummer, which I'm not going to say his name again. <laughs> Final Tap drummer band. Uh, yeah, this song didn't actually feel like it was nearly six minutes, despite the fact it's five minutes and 52 seconds. It's pretty long. Uh, yes. I did like the trail off ending, too. It felt more appropriate to have than just like a fader ring out. It was calm, a little noisy, but I thought it fit. It was nice. And it did have that like little bass moment, too, while like the guitars were kind of like making little noises in the background. So I thought that was yeah. kind of nice. Yeah, I, I also mentioned the... The length, uh, don't think it feels long at all. Pacing, really good. I like it. I've always liked it. It's nice. Perfect. Then we'll move on to song number four, Tremor Christ. Uh, and I'll just say right at the back, but the song meaning, because like at this point, I have like the song lyrical meaning like at the top of every one of my notes. Okay. Uh, the song seems to be about potentially straining important relationships with bad decisions, i.e. drugs and alcohol, and like just trying to find some sort of like clarity in it all which how topical considering what was going on behind the scenes (laughs) right um just musically i would not be surprised if the bassist wrote this uh it's very like bass forward which is nice um i did find the song a little underwhelming but the bass makes it memorable I, I don't know. I didn't find it too underwhelming. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Uh, I thought the dissonance in the instruments were was like pretty fun. I thought it was well used. Uh, then, yeah, the bass and drums kind of kick in. Great stuff. So it really kind of pushes the song forward. I hate moving my head too much. These fucking balloons are just <laughs> flying. Uh, great work on the tom drum, too. So I always point that out when I notice it in the track. Love to hear, too. Fantastic. Uh, fun, higher scale bass line. There's like a lot grabbing me in the first seconds of this song. So like mm-hmm. that's how I knew I was in for something good good uh yeah i didn't like it that much (laughs) surprise um i did feel like i was kind of listening to the same minute four times um there is a part there is a part or two where you can just barely hear another eddie vocal track like in the background but it sounds like he's down the hall and around the corner it is so quiet it's like it's like he's running down the hall going, no, 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 I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here to record. He's just like, wandering around the studio aimlessly away from the mic. Right? Because <laughs> it's got his vocals forward, like, where they should be, and then him far in the back. Um, but aside from that, uh, it was okay. Uh, didn't care much for the rest of it, aside from the bass. 
but I will always praise the bass no matter what. And see, I, I felt kind of the opposite about it because, like, I, I thought this song had like a pretty cool, like, mysterious kind of flow to it, and it matched some of more. It matched some of the more aggressive pushes in this song as well. Uh, there was like a lot of fun composition in this track. Kind of made it feel right where I've mentioned my notes. Kind of make made me feel like what One Hot Minute sounded like as compared to the other Red Hot Chili Peppers albums. So yeah, like I was getting. That's where I guess I really started getting the vibes from. And then like looking back on everything, I was like, oh yeah, it's like a lot the album has that mm-hmm. maybe it's just me i don't know but just like it's just one of those things where it feels like they're letting loose and they're getting a little heavier this time and just like doing whatever whereas compared to the sound that they're known for at this point was kind of absent on this album mm-hmm. it was still there but it wasn't as prominent as the first two but are they really known for a sound well, I mean, if you listen to like Alive and Even Flow, like the, I guess as I said, those are like more um, groove-oriented bluesy rock tracks, stadium songs. Yes, whereas yeah. like okay. nothing, nothing on this album would really scream stadium to me. Like I've heard a stadium of people sing. Well, not stadium. It was like a coliseum of people sing Better Man, which is on this yeah. album. Uh, but I mean, that I wouldn't consider that like stadium or arena rock. You know, like that's yeah, just yeah. not what. It, this is like more like local club holds a thousand people and you're just like sweaty, heavy, loud, energetic music. You know, that's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. Where you're on a stage, only like three feet off the ground. Like everything about the first two albums felt way bigger than this. This felt more intimate and just like messy, but I like that, so it's good. Okay, okay. With with, with that, I can I can kind of agree. Yeah. And you could probably hear that moving forward, like with certain tracks on the album. Uh, not so much this one though, because I mean, obviously, it's way more of a come down than the last one. Song number five, "Nothing Man," the song about a failed relationship. Uh, this is this is a, a first of a two I don't want to say two parter but Better Man is the uh, call and answer to this song. Mm-hmm. Nothing Man is from uh, apparently the man's perspective, uh, and the man had something good, messed it all up somehow, which you kind of like kind of find out through the lyrics. So yeah, that's what this one is. Whereas Better Man is like from the woman's perspective and sees how she sees the relationship failing. I I didn't know that. Um, I guess my my last point for this song is pretty valid to that. Uh, I honestly don't think I'm sad enough to listen to this because it, it gives you sort of that that desperate sort of dire feeling. Um, it uh, It's more of a viber than it is like, it's harder for me to explain like, oh, I like the guitar here. I like the drums here. I'm just like, I feel like my heart hurts <laughs> when I listen to this. Well, I mean, and the one line that caught me while I was reading the lyrics and just like breaking everything down was like, you know, had lightning in a bottle and damn the day he let it go, yeah. uh, which means like, you know, he found something special mm. and he fucked it up. Like, and, I mean, a lot of the lyrics kind of speak on that, too. And then again, you, you hear the perspective in Better Man where it's like the woman's like she's watching this guy fall apart. She can't do anything, but she's lying to herself saying, I love this guy regardless, even though she mm-hmm. doesn't. She just yeah. like stuck. Can't find a better man. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> like that's the story right there. But about this one though, uh yeah, this was another good point for come down. This one's a much bigger come down than the last one I said was. Like this is like yeah. way more ballady. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a much needed breather since there's like quite a bit of energy up to this point and there's still more energy to come. Uh yeah, very somber and soft tone to this track. Uh clean guitars have a really nice touch of like reverb to them mm-hmm. and that really helps fill out the sound space a lot more so i definitely 
appreciate that um and yeah the bass again talking nicely about that gives the track a very nice warm tone so it feels a lot more inviting uh the song doesn't really go far beyond its first like minute or two but i i think it was still more or less enjoyable all the way throughout like it's another one of those things where i wasn't getting a whole lot but at the same time i'm not complaining about it i like eddie harmonizing with himself and i just like that in general um, and I wonder how many layers there are to sort of get all that. Uh, you did sort of mention uh, perhaps multiple guitar layers, so I can imagine how much they doubled up on vocals, tripled up on vocals. So, but I, I always like it. Um, yeah, it's a breather. Damn, is it ever a breather? But I feel like we kind of need that, uh, especially yes. with this the song coming up. Uh, as I said, there's still more aggression on the album. We're not done yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Well, what else was I gonna say? Uh, it must not be important because I don't remember. So that means we can move on to song number six, "Whipping." So I don't have much for this one because it is only a two and a half minute song. Uh, fast paced and punky again with some squeaky guitars. Again with the dancing bass. He could have just stayed with quarter root notes to stick with the punkiness, but no, no, no. This is a walkabout for sure. And oh my God, there's a part in the second verse that the bass drum gets some doubles in there. Ooh, that was a pleasure to hear. Ooh, did, and that was did, it. Like a good <laughs> double kick. Yeah, because it, it wasn't in the first verse. But then when they kind of change it up a little bit in the second verse, I always notice I'm like, nice, keeping the interest. Okay, okay. So that was really pleasurable. You know, it's it's realizing what this song is about and realizing I'm wearing a hat like this that makes me feel like a piece of shit. Uh, very real world, to- world topic for the uh, conversation on this one. It's pretty heavy. It has to do with the murder of Dr. David Gunn in 1993. He was a physician who specialized in obstetrics obstetrics, and gynecology and specialized in abortion services. He was murdered by an anti-abortion extremist, Michael Frederick Griffin, who claimed to be acting on behalf of God. So that's what this song is about. Very heavy stuff. And again, this is this is kind of why I'm glad I, I despite wearing this hat, I'm glad I looked into the lyrical content. Right. Because I mean, like, I know Eddie is known for writing about like social issues. I mean, yeah. they're a very political, like left leaning band. Like and you if you follow them on Instagram, you know that in half a heartbeat. Like you, it's not hard to see. So seeing something like this doesn't surprise me. It's still a very dark subject matter though. Uh, but onto the music itself, though, uh, big big at pickup. It doesn't even really tease us; just throws us right into the music. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I do like that. Uh, the first course is much quieter than what I would have expected, but like it it still fits to hear it in that sense because they do pick it up a little later on. Uh, I love the building feeling it has with like the high riding bass and the constant kick drum kind of marching going on, like do 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 do, and all that kind of stuff. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this song, cool stuff all around. Good short track. Uh, not too much more to say about it aggressive fun but dark (laughs) i feel like you're raining on my parade with all these dark songs and i hope this isn't an elliot smith thing where i'm like oh this sounds so great and you're like it's about this tragic event and i go well it's still a bop (laughs) it still sounds yeah like when i told that story that like he had like gotten to a fight with someone wandered away like cut himself come back to the studio and playing piano while he's bleeding out on it like yeah great elliot smith fun time stories right 
fun times. Uh, well, the good news is Eddie Vedder didn't come back to the studio with slash wrists, so I, no one did as far as I'm concerned, so we're okay. Uh, just the subject matter's a little dark, that's all. Thank, thank God. <laughs> um, and I mean, not every song is as dark, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, although some of them are still kind of like Eddie being pissed off at things. Surprise, Eddie, Eddie Vedder's pissed off at things. Surprised. Right? Yeah, you get a lot of that here. Okay, so song number seven, we'll move along now to Pry 2, which is uh, like an interlude. It's like only a minute long. Yeah. Uh, it's like a little jam session interlude with like repetitive lyrics going on. So, oh God, he's spelling out privacy and he's like, it's yeah, privacy is priceless to me is essentially what he's saying. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, there's not really, I mean, that's pretty straightforward message, so there's not much to talk about. But apparently people think you can hear backwards messages in this song. And apparently the phrase you hear is Pete Tencent, how he saved my life, or Pete Townshend, sorry, from The Who, the guitarist of The Who. And I mean, like, uh, that that makes me feel weird because I know Eddie Vedder really likes The Who. like, And he, they did a cover of like Love Rain Over Me and like Live, and it sounded pretty cool. Um but to say that this guy who was originally nearly charged with possession of child pornography, you're telling me this guy saved your life? I didn't know that. Okay, you. Okay, very quick story. Time. I'll make this super quick then. So Pete Townsend, back in 2003, uh, he was charged. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, he didn't have possession. Um, so what? Ha I had to read this, and this, this fucking blew my mind. Like, I've known about this for a while, but not the details. So in 2003, he was caught uh, accessing a, ch a site with, quote-unquote, child abuse images on it. Uh, really? And he used his credit card to access the website. So his there actual was real credit card, his name, um, but he said he was doing research for a book he was writing, and research. he wanted to show how the bank was complicit in this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then why so, wouldn't you go to the cops and do it with them rather than on your own, you fucking that, not? I, I, I don't even have this written down. It's just in my, I'm kind of speaking like out of my own yeah. head right now. Uh, so they eventually, because they just believed him he's famous, I guess, they gave him a warning and let him go. Uh, so no charges, no jail time, no nothing. Um, but yeah, my idea is if you, okay, first off, this book has never seen the light of day. Where's the book, yep. Pete? Where's the book, Pete? Yeah, yeah. Uh, second For off, years. like if, if you want to write about this kind of stuff, like if you're doing like a true crime or documentary style, like kind of writing, no, nothing stopping you, go ahead. Like this can be important stuff. But yes, contact the FBI, the RCMP, whatever your major like police forces in your country Talk, find the appropriate people to talk to speak to them about it because they actually have statistics on how much money is being spent in that black market so yeah. and like the fact that money can be exchanged and then you even go through banks you don't need to use your own fucking credit card on a cheese pizza site just to try to prove a point like you don't need to do guerrilla journalism when it comes to this kind of shit okay i mean but the charges were dropped. I'm not going to accuse him of anything, and I don't want to get in trouble for talking about it. So I'll leave it right there and let people make up their own minds. I knew Roger Daltrey was the better one. Meanwhile, it was Pete who wrote all the music anyway. <laughs> I know nothing about the who. Their music annoys me. He wrote me. all the lyrics, too. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. I fucking hate Tommy. Tommy's the worst thing ever. Uh, I like... There's one... It might be Pinball Wizard, the only song by them i like maybe uh, i like how john's cover of it and that's about it oh yeah uh a lot of them are just annoying i find so that's just me 
I don't mind some of their songs. But anyways, that's The Who. Uh, Eddie Vedder's Heroes. Uh, he obviously, like, listen, I like a lot of classic rock music, and I can very easily acknowledge a lot of the musicians I like uh, have done some very sketchy things with some very young people in the past. Yep. Uh, so it's one of those things where, yeah, you're just going to have to separate the art from the artist. So I get it. I understand. Yeah. I just wanted to make that little uh, that little bit because I've heard that story a long time ago, and every time I hear it, it just frustrates me. And there's no backwards message in this song, you dummies. I was going to try it, too. I was going to record the track into, like, virtual DJ and then play it backwards and see if I could hear. Maybe I'll do it and I'll mention in editing if I heard anything. Who knows? Okay, good. Hi there. Editor's note here just saying, no, you don't hear anything of the sort. Maybe you think you do now that you've heard the words of me saying that, but you don't hear it. It doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. Stop it. Back on with the episode now. I yeah, will actually I try it because apparently people also heard like, please save me or please help me or something like that. So yeah, know. but some people heard La- Yanny and some people heard Laurel. So I mean, oh, fuck. it's just the way it goes, you uh, know? Yeah, I guess right? so. Never forget. Never five get. Anyways, song number eight, Corduroy, the one you thought was a single, but Psych isn't. How is it not a single? I'd ah. rather starve than eat your own bread. That's, hey. the, that's the line I've always remembered in this song. My first line for this is anyone who doesn't like this song clearly has problems and I genuinely feel bad for you. So coming from someone with problems, I have a lot of problems, but liking this song is not one of them. I was going to say, sorry for bullying you for half a second. There. That's fine. I'm, I'm happy anniversary. It. It's the generation I was, I grew up in, you know, oh, um, I'm right there with you. Like literally yeah. separated by a handful of months. Yep. <laughs> which one day, one day I'll find out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I already know. I just haven't told you yet. Um, you said you were going to, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if you want me to tell you here or if you just on close to that day, I show up with happy birthday stuff. You didn't. I found out afterwards. <laughs> oh, there you go. Anyways, Corduroy. Um, so I love how the song fades in and like, I love the lead riff. There's not really anything about the song that I don't like. Uh, so we'll sandwich your criticisms. Cause I literally have zero. Well, let me just kind of speed run my notes here. Cause I'm trying to see if I do have any, uh, criticisms i say that the, the, there's nothing too grabbing about the verses like they don't necessarily sound bad yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't hate them by any means but like nothing is grabbing me about them and it just kind of feels like a little unusual in the composition uh i but i also really liked what the intro was building up to i thought that would have been really interesting but then it could like kind of completely 180s a little bit okay so that's that was kind of unfortunate but again didn't hate it the choruses were pretty good. I liked the, the uh, softer descending melodies. I thought that was super cool and everything like that. And by the way, this song, uh, yes, uh, song meaning. Um, apparently this, I'll just read, read this verbatim because I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I now remember the meaning. Uh, yeah, Eddie wrote this song about not wanting fame anymore, which uh, was yes. quite the theme around this time uh, yeah. because he saw a corduroy vest in a store, the same that he had worn before, but it was $500 and labeled as Eddie Vedder corduroy shirt. And so imagine like him spending maybe less than 20 bucks on that at like a fucking like army Salvation Army thing, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, they're selling for 500 bucks. But also I'm thinking like, Eddie, what store are you shopping in where you're looking at $500 shirts? Just curious, because I don't think I've ever been in a store in my entire life, aside from like suit shops that have sold $500 shirts. So 
it could have been one of those like uh California thrift stores where you go in these more I don't know affluent areas and it's like they have all their their clothes to shop and then they have a mannequin with that uh that jacket on in like glass casing and velvet rope around it but I would still be curious to know like what store it was. And by the way, I'm just kind of like trying to kill time because I'm looking at the inflation rate for $500 back in 1993 <laughs> in American dollars, by the way, uh, if purchased the item for 500 in 1993. Well, I'm going to keep going with my, my, uh, Wait, uh, I, found, I, I got the oh, number. It would have gone up 111% to $1,057 and 75 cents. If it was on sale today. Wow. I bet he would go in there and buy it right away. Like now, today, he would buy it. Oh yeah, she, he would I buy would it, so that, no one else could. Uh, well, then he, he's giving money to the corporations that he hates. Uh, so what you do is you buy it, so then you have it, no one else can wear it. Then burn the store down. That or tell tell people to protest against it. Do a partnership with a clothing company where you make it and sell it for far cheaper, like far fucking cheaper. Or even if it's a little pricier, most of that money goes to charity. Boom. To, to make the more expensive one completely worthless. Yes, exactly. All right. All right. That That's the best way you can protest Sneaky. against it. Sneaky. Anyways, Corduroy. Yes. Um, okay. Do you also have a hard time remembering how to spell Corduroy? To be outside of Pearl Jam, <laughs> I can't recall a time where I've had to spell corduroy. Yeah, and I never remember, so I had to spell. I literally had to go to Google Assistant and just say the word corduroy <laughs> so it would show up. So uh, I hope someone else is in that uh, that zone with me as well. As a matter of fact, this word is so rare in my English language lexicon in my head I didn't know how to say it properly. I, I had I said it a couple different ways until like I had to hear like a pronunciation. It's like corduroy. I was like, oh okay. Oh. Like, like I never have an excuse to say anything corduroy. I don't own corduroy shirts or corduroy yeah. things. Uh, apparently, it's like a color or something too or something along. I don't oh. even fucking know. And with this song, like I never like I would listen to it, but I never have to say the name of it. So I'm just like, oh, it's that yeah. song. Yeah. Put it on. Yeah, yeah, it's one where you're like, yeah, I, I definitely know this song, but I don't think he reference like says the word at all. So you're like, yeah, I, I have no idea what song that actually I just, is. I've always called the song "Chord." That's it. Just I, yeah. I don't even worry about the other part because I, I'm pretty sure I'm like 20% dyslexic. <laughs> you just you just save your ego by not trying the rest. That's like the uh, the song Albuquerque by Weird Al, where he starts spelling Albuquerque and he gets like three or four letters in, and he's just like Kirky. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he gets a a l b e, and then just a long pause. Kirky. You know, we got we got to do a weird owl, uh, weird owl album as well. That that's gonna be very. We'll talk about it later. Um. So I love that the acoustic guitar adds some brightness. Um. I like this song despite not remembering how to spell it. Uh. This song sounds so tight. It sounds. Compared to the songs that we have heard so far, and I don't know if it is sort of that punky, grungy, dirty sort of vibe, uh, this one seems like brand new, shiny, and clean. It's very tight. It doesn't seem like it really strays uh, far from being destined for radio. Um, and even the bridge going into the solo, super tasty. 
the only other note I have to say is like I, I did feel like this one stretched on just a bit. Uh, the last quarter at least had a decent change up, so like I enjoyed it all the way through at the very least. But still, this mm-hmm. one still felt like it stretched just a bit. And it's yeah. not even one of the longer songs in the album technically. It's only like just a little over four and a half minutes. Right. Okay, uh, we'll move on to song number quote unquote song song number nine, bugs. Okay, and so obviously this one's a very fucking weird out of left field why did they do this kind of track so again glad i looked at the meaning behind it and i i think i understand the message behind it though it didn't much affect the score Mm -hmm. uh apparently the song is about how the media has always been all over the band and they just kind of started nicknaming them bugs and so like uh i i think this is them just being super ballsy and making a very inaccessible shitty track to like deter them in a Mm -hmm. way so, I mean, accomplished. points for the message, too. Um, other than that, all I have is, what the hell is this? <laughs> I guess if this is a song directed at the media uh, to make an extra strange sounding track, it'll deter them. That's fine. Other than that, what is this? Because uh, it's this accordion playing the same two bars over and over. It's pretty nauseating. <laughs> so uh, points for the message. Uh, no points for anything else. <laughs> Okay, I have three points. One, not even a little part of me wants to hear this. Two, should have been a hidden track at the end. Three, I'm sure it's an analogy for invasive fans. Close enough. But I'm actually good with never hearing this again. Done. Well, I can't imagine there's a point where... I don't think there's any Pearl Jam fan who wants to come back to this track. The only way you would do it is if you're actually making a commentary on it, right? And, like, yeah. you're, you're, you're discussing it and trying to point out something. But you wouldn't just be, like... Like, even if you had this album, you just had it on... Like, if you have it on vinyl, then maybe you'll just let it slide because you don't feel like going over and skipping the needle. Right. But if you're on, like, Spotify, you are skipping this yeah. track. Yep. So, I mean, oh, again, yes, I I'll, I'll just say again, points for, for points for the message, points for the idea behind it. Nothing else. <laughs> no points for Gryffindor. Move on. No points for fucking the Harry Potter. I, I'm the, I, I feel like I'm the only one who doesn't care about Harry Potter. No, I definitely don't as well. And I find Harry Potter. But you made the reference. Is, well, yeah, because no points for blank is from like, it's from the internet, Chris. Come on. How old are you? Fuck, were uh, you 10? No, I'm, I'm way too fucking old for the internet. I just learned what flossing, and that's a lie. I've known what that is, and I hate it. Anyways, uh, on to more relevant thing, like song number 10, Satan's Bed. Ah, the chorus to this song. I didn't like it. Sounds like it belongs to a different song. A different song? Yes. Like a different song on this album, or like... No, just a different song. It does, I don't know, it's weird. I didn't like it very much. It didn't seem like it meshed. You know when you see a like a couple, like two people, and you're like... How did they get together? That's this song with its chorus. This song definitely gave me the idea like this. This sounded similar to some of the other tracks we've already heard, but to like a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I wasn't huge on this one either. Um, part of this feels like something out of their later catalog, but except for maybe like maybe the lyrics, I guess, which, by the way, I'll get into that, I guess. Uh, the lyrics, uh, the song feels like it, I just wrote, I'm going to read what I wrote verbatim because, like, sometimes I, it's my own interpretation. Sometimes it's, like, something I read. Uh, the song, it feels like it's about trying to avoid a sleazier lifestyle and wanting to find something real. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that's my own interpretation. I don't know if I'm right or not, but still, regardless, that's kind of what I got from it. So a lot of it makes sense, but then musically listening to it is just, like, 
it's not necessarily bad uh but nothing really truly special about it and it's kind of funny how they have the whipping sound effect at the beginning of this song and not at the beginning of whipping right i i mean maybe because the subject matter in that one was much darker so you don't want to like get too cartoony with it yeah i get Uh, that but but still it's just i found it kind of of weird like you could have added like chains dragging on the ground instead of whipping because then it's gonna you're gonna call back to the previous song it has nothing to do with so it's like kind of, yeah. kind of weird. there's no connecting themes here i uh, i do agree with that um so okay so i have three notes all together so i'm going to just spew those out um there is a line later in the song that says he won't suck satan's dick uh Hell yeah, good, to, good to know he won't suck satan's dick so he's homophobic Go- is what you're saying. <laughs> Google Docs demands Satan to be spelled with a capital S. So I am sorry, Mr. A- Satan, for the disrespect. I was going to say that it's a, a name. Satan is a name. I thought it was Lucifer. And then it's like, you know, Satan, where it's like Savannah is a woman. I wouldn't capitalize woman. I, you know I, what I, mean? I guess. But I've, I've knew Satan as being one being. I thought Lucifer and Satan were the same fucking things. Just different, like iterations i don't believe in anything so i have no idea neither do i Um, so (laughs) and my last well my last one for those three is so i read the lyrics solely because of the satan's dick line and this is just eddie vetter lamenting the commercialization of grunge once again and saying i'll never sell out man and that's what i got from that um but with the song uh middle of the road with this one it wasn't the best definitely not the worst and the low speaking and like banking sounds during the guitar solo scared the shit out of me because I because I'm I'm home alone and I'm like listening to it with earbuds and then I hear that and the first thing I did was whip one out and I like turned around because I've never heard this song before so I didn't expect it and I thought someone was in my house terrifying <laughs> it's funny because when I listen to these albums I the headphones I'm using now I, these are the ones I used to listen to my album. It's like I have studio quality headphones. And I usually wear them in the podcast. I had yeah. to wear these cheap ones because uh, this fucking hat that keeps sliding <laughs> off my fucking head uh, <laughs> wouldn't allow the other headphones. So I had to use yeah. these ones. Uh, so like I don't even notice sounds around me when I'm listening to music. Like everything oh, okay. I hear is in yeah. the headphones like there. So I wouldn't have the same problem. So scared. I do like how you refer to it as a spanking sound. though. Very. That, I didn't know what it was, but that's kind of what I got from that. Uh, yeah, I still like, again, nothing really outstanding about this. I like, still like the sound and energy, but it's just nothing special overall. Yes. Cool. Moving on to song number 11, the biggest not single on the album, Better Man. So I, I'm probably wrong with a bunch of this, but from what I can recall, uh, Eddie Vedder wrote this song before he was even in Pearl Jam and didn't like it enough to include it on anything before now. Well, and as I said, uh, well, actually, with that note, I didn't even know that. So I wonder if he maybe Nothing Man was also written or maybe he wrote that in response to this song that he's apparently had sit around for a while. Maybe. Because, yeah, like this is the call and answer to Nothing Man. This is the, I guess, again, the uh, the woman's perspective, the other partner's perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, So not much to explain with the lyrics there, as I kind of already did with Nothing Man. I didn't recall the song having like this like big ominous opening to it. Like very strange. I think like, they, are you going to mention like the radio kind of cutting it out? 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, because, yeah, I guess you wouldn't really need that section on the radio, right? You just want to get right into that, like, like the actual riff of the song where it's like everything else is kind of like this weird kind of creepy, ominous buildup, like this black smoke and fog. And yeah, like, yeah. But then just dissipates into this, like, sunlit bedroom of this woman laying in bed looking sad and everything like that. Just like, what was with the black smoke and fog? Why Why was that there? <laughs> she's not sick. She's fine. And, uh, like, this, as far as I can tell, the man's not, like, abusive and evil. Just he's, like, they're disconnected now is what it is. Yeah. So, like, the imagery is kind of strange in this one. It's very uh, back and forth contradictory. Fair. Um, I... I always think of like the shittiest guy ever only because like, you know how you'll take your own uh, interpretation and kind of relate it to like, your- Sorry, I keep pushing my bangs further down. I, like, I, I, I think I it, it's just looking funnier and funnier because like my head's already getting messed up. So I'm just okay. going to keep doing this. Just just refer just referring to your hair. And I, I apologize anyone who can't see this. Uh, actually, you know what? I don't apologize. Uh, you're welcome. Um but uh, your your bangs look like someone who's who's working at the fryer at McDonald's and they haven't given him a break in six hours. And I'm also not wearing my ha- hairnet. Ha ha, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like um uh that guy in Office Space, you know, stapler guy. It's like that. Oh, yeah. That's how I imagine it. So uh, keep going. I like it. Um, every time you anyways, look up, it's gonna look different. <laughs> fucking terrible. You're do the um. So I I will sort of think of this song, you know, with people that I've had in my life or that I know. So I always just think of like the worst. I just think of like the worst of the worst. Um, But when it comes to the like the music, I absolutely love singing this song because unfortunately my vocal range is Eddie Vedder. (laughs) Yeah, you've made that comment before too. Maybe even on the second anniversary or... Maybe in another episode where you're just like, yeah, Eddie yeah. Vedder is like the comfort, like your shower singing is definitely yes. the better range. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There I have uh, I have select songs. The one I'm best at is Hey Jealousy by the Gin Blossoms. Oh, I'm so good at that one. But as soon as you stop playing the song, uh, yeah, it's not so good. But like, it's not bad. Only I love as good as the one. song sounds when it's louder than you. <laughs> exactly. I'm not good at singing, but I'm good at mimicking. Um, this, this song, uh, has an, an organ in it, which has, it's like a really nice touch to it too. It adds like that good emotional sting to the song, uh, especially given the subject matter. Cause it's like, again, it's kind of sad. Um, in like the pickup halfway through is actually super fitting. Part of me would have been okay if it was just like a quieter song all the way through, but I did like the pickup halfway through, uh, especially with the prominence of like the acoustic guitar as well. They made, they made that kind of much heavier moving forward. And yes, I did burp in there. Yeah. Uh, but the acoustic guitar belch <laughs> uh yeah like i don't know i i kind of like the way they added that they didn't have to like completely go electric with it so that was pretty good and adds like a great texture to the track too and it uh the ending stretched a bit but other than that it's a pretty decent track okay so i'm pretty much just going to mimic everything i'm going to uh I'm going to plagiarize what you said, but put it in my own words. All right. Um, the organ gives such an eerie feel, but it feels not, it fills nicely because it's just the organ and guitar feels nice. I don't know what the fuck that means. Just the organ and guitar. Uh, I love that the rest of the band comes in with just some snare hits. It is, qu- it is quite seamless. It feels like it's just Mike and Eddie on the stage with like curtains closed behind them. And then as the curtains open, the band fades in. And I like that imagery of just sort of 
I don't know. They're getting they're getting the support from the band that she's not getting in the song. So thought hard about that one. Um, I really like the vocalizations at the end as the song is sort of ending. Uh, it's just another reason why it's so fun to sing. Yeah, that's that wasn't uh, Eddie Vedder doing his own backup vocals. Too. That was actually I don't know which one or how many of them do backup vocals. Maybe Mike McCready. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Jeff definitely does, and he's Jeff, the only yeah. one that I... I've okay, well, then that. you're probably right, because I actually have zero idea. <laughs> you're uh, guessing. Yeah, is it Mike McCready, the guy who's doing lead guitar and probably can't sing at the same time? It's probably yeah. him. So that's he, my first I, guess. I think he actually sings a song on an album. I uh, don't know which one it is, but... Is it P by the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Maybe. <laughs> It's not. I just having to call back to that one. Uh, okay, I guess we will uh, move straight along now if we are indeed ready to. Uh, so, song number twelve, Aya Devanita, or yeah, Aya Devanita. Um, so, with this one, there's not really any lyrics to it. Uh, apparently, in the booklet for the album, uh, again, song has no lyrics technically, but there is a poem in the section of this song, and it's uh, about a girl recounting the best and worst days of her life. Okay. Just thought I'd throw that in. We, you yeah. wouldn't be able to get that by listening to the yeah, song. Yeah, not honestly. at all. But I'm, I'm just trying saying, to make the so connection. Like, so that's why the song is probably not a, it's like not about that. Maybe they just wanted to throw that in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but just I thought I'd throw that in there as a quick little uh, trivia note. So nobody was nobody was around filtering their ideas, were they? Uh, well, I mean Brandon O'Brien, who's worked with yeah. a bunch of other people, so maybe he just thought it was a good idea. Mm, they had studio time to fill. Um, sounds like some sort of religious chant. Uh, and it's starting to feel like there's, to me, there's like some fluff songs in this whole album. It kind of feels like I'm listening to like a collector's version of demos. With something like this, yeah, because it's a weird like interlude track, right? Right. <laughs> there's no comfortable place for this fucking hat on my head because of the headphones. Like I can't, I can't do anything. Take the damn hat off. No, I'm committed to the bit. I just I'll I'm take the glasses off. You already technically did, didn't you? Start the podcast with them off. No, no, no. I had them. All, I've had them on the whole time. Uh, I poked out the lenses because I couldn't see jack shit. But now they're. It's not that bad. But also, you did say off camera. You, it's like oh, I'll probably take these off. I'm like, well, you can go right ahead. But I'm, I'm all yeah. for this. Yeah. Well, this. as long as as long as you have that on, I'm gonna keep these on. Solidarity, you know. Maybe Teamwork. this will just fall to the back of my neck, and I won't even have to deal with it anymore. I, don't know. I hope it pulls your headphones off, and I hope that part where the cord meets chokes you slightly. Like just fucking, enough to alarm you looks like i have a fucking failing hair piece going on here i'm not yeah, bald not song, yet leave me alone this song clearly doesn't need much review if this is what we're talking about well i i had one like one maybe two notes about it and they're they're pretty quick too so like this started out to me as more of like a 70s psych rock jam than mm-hmm. i would have possibly ever anticipated on this kind of album that's fucking annoying me <laughs> And uh, I got to say, as someone with a classic rock show, Sundays from 2 to 4 on Indy 101.5, wink, I'd I'd be quite familiar with that kind of whole concept, you know? So it's all good. Uh, I went the other direction and say I could hear this music backing a Motown-inspired song. Motown? Yeah, it seemed a little bit more, I don't want to say funky, but it was just, 
I don't know. Didn't give me psychedelic. It gave me well, more not, like not smooth. heavy psychedelic, but just yeah. like in that era of things like early to mid seventies. And it's like kind of got the psychedelic touches, but it's not quite there. You know, it's kind of like, um, never mind. I don't have a fucking example. I didn't think of anything. Because <laughs> all... psychedelic Motown is a genre. There's a fucking genre for anything and everything you can think of. Microwave beep music. There's probably like fart core. Uh, <laughs> there's probably like, you know, brutal orgasm death music. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of weird shit out there. It's psychedelic soul music. Oh, there you go. That makes sense. Dude, I know what the rest of my night's going to include. Sweet. Uh, but yeah, um, just a small little psych gem in this one. I enjoyed it for being under three minutes. It was a fun experimental little piece to throw in as compared to the other interludes. So, hey, not bad. Meh. Cool. Uh, so big X on that one there. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm actually going to put a little... Where did I put it? Fucking oh, X not... the mole. Uh, maybe spoiler, but it's a hell of a lot higher up than I thought it was. Jeez. I... <laughs> then again, it wasn't that great, so I'm not, it shouldn't be that surprised. Yeah. Uh, I'll just leave that one empty for now. Uh, song number 13. Uh, yes, 13. Immortality. And although um, this song is funny to me, feels like it's specifically kick specifically kicks us in the dick our collective oh, no. our collective podcast dick oh, no. uh because apparently it has to do with you know making compromise compromises to feed your success like you know how for example like bands get really big on their sound but then like the lyrics kind of go unnoticed which up till today like lyrical analysis has been bare minimum <laughs> so yeah Oh, man, this was an attack song to us, like, but, fucking 27 years before we started a podcast. Yeah, but honestly, if we were always doing lyrical analyses, um, I feel like we would never, ever, ever do that artist justice because our inter like, all we're going to do is talk about what the meaning is. Because as soon as we start to add our opinion, I feel like it kind of cheapens the meaning or those bands that will write sort of vague uh, lyrics because it means something to them, but won't tell what the song is about because they're like, well, I want you to think about this person to you or this experience to you. And then you do get, you kind of get permission to think whatever you want or fit that song around your life. But when you have a band that's like, oh, no, you're not listening to the lyrics. As soon as you listen to those lyrics and you're like, oh, no, I don't agree. They're like, well, how come you don't agree? And it's like, man, you can't really win when it comes to lyrics. At least music is accepted more wholly as subjective rather than right or wrong. Yeah. And like, I know we've gotten a, like a I don't want to say a lot of comments. We've gotten feedback in the past. People asking, like, why we don't do lyrical yeah. analysis. I mean, for the longest time, it was just like, you know, we don't really have the time to because that adds yeah. time on to a review. It, it made this one just a bit longer for me as well. And like this podcast as it is sits right now is our part time job, let's just say, because we're not technically making money off of it. And we have like lives and work and all that kind of stuff outside of this podcast. So, I mean, if this was a full time job, then 100 percent, I, I would kind of like what i did today i would kind of do every single song yeah, I'll, 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 maybe i'll try to do it a little more going forward but i can't guarantee that lyrics will necessarily make or break a score 
Yeah. Uh, like I'll just say what the song is about and then move on because the again, as you kind of already said, like the music is kind of what everyone gravitates towards. Yeah. You can appreciate yeah. the lyrics. Like there are ter- like songs with terrible music and great lyrics, and there's songs with terrible lyrics and great music. Uh-huh. And so like that's why it's so weird that it, it can affect a score so badly like that. And the music's the more graspable thing, whereas you might not relate to certain lyrics, might not understand them, so that's why I don't like. Even if I start doing so- song lyrics moving forward, it's not going to affect the score. Good, but it is good to know that we got kicked in the dick for this song, though. At the very least, I didn't feel it. Someone that woke song. me I'm up. Okay with that. Um, but uh, my first note was just saying, "Ooh, getting those kind of sleepy end of album vibes in this track. Really enjoying yes. the mood of it." Which I don't mean anything bad by sleepy. I'm like, I just like you can feel the end of the album coming. Things are kind of calming down now. Nothing gets too crazy in the song at all. The energy is kind of behind us now, for the most part, because um, we do have that one more song. Um, but yeah, just. I enjoy what immortality is, and it's funny because I'm pretty sure I've heard the song before. But then when I heard it, like I didn't recall it at all. Oh no, I I heard the uh, the guitar at the very beginning, and I was like, oh, I I've heard it, but I I always have to go back and see what the song title is, because you know there's sort of slower songs like Yellow Lead Better or uh, all of those other ones I can't think of. Immortality, Nothing Man. To me, they they're all one song and I never know which one's which until I actually look at the, the title. Um, but with this one, okay. I have positive and a negative and a plagiarism. So plagiarism for you is, a, I definitely agree with the come down and the sort of, you know, relaxy kind of, okay, we're, we're done. You can sort of calm down now uh, I've learned that I like slower paced songs at the end of albums. So I'm not all wound up as the album closes because it leaves me wanting more. But with a song like this and many other albums that we've done, it feels like it's coming to a logical conclusion. And I know it's it's either the last song or the second last song, but as long as they're placed there, it feels like you're getting the, and they lived happily ever after. And I like that. I, I find that comforting. Um, Chorus, too much crash symbol, or it's just annoyingly loud. Not a fan of that. Um, the solo, now I'm going to go real Canadian on everyone here. The solo feels like someone really giving her on an acoustic at a campfire. <laughs> and I like it. I like it. It's fun. It's very fun. Um, I, I there, Yeah, the, the solo is nice because I also mentioned like, the uh, little solo looks between like the chorus and verse as well, because they're like these, these small little fills that kind of transition. Uh-huh. Uh, I really like those two. I think there's great guitar work all over this track. I do really like it. Uh, good clean tones that just really fit the overall atmosphere of the track. So that's always nice to have. Um, and maybe things stretch out a bit long, but I don't mind it so much. Uh, it still sounds good. And plus like we're coming to the end of the album, so you won't hear me complain about it too much. But the problem is I think, even with an end of the album kind of track, like this one felt fairly anticlimactic because like it mm-hmm. felt like it was going to end well. But, and at, towards the end, it felt like it was building towards something that it didn't even bother trying for. Like it just faded out as it was still kind of like doing these like building kind of plucking things. Mm-hmm. And it was, I don't know, that part kind of annoyed me, but it was still a good song though. I'll say that much. The end was okay, but it again, I wrote down, it didn't give me anything at all. Uh, same as you. Uh, I just wanted to get my point in. 
I like yeah. repeating what you say. I'm like woman-splaining your points. You're welcome. Do I have to mansplain to anyone what woman-splaining is? <laughs> yes. I, I, I just love jumping in and always like, because I know how much people hate mansplaining and it's, it's kind of a dumb concept anyways. So I always like, do I have to mansplain this simple concept to you? Like, I, I just love that shit. Because if, then you just watch the reaction on people's faces and it's just like, yeah, see, that, that's why it works. <laughs> okay, then let's move on to the quote unquote last track of the album. This this one, this is going to get weird. So not just the title either. Like I'm talking like this whole fucking thing together with my weird ass hat. Song number 14, uh, it's called two different things on Spotify and in Wikipedia. Spotify has it as stupid mop and Wikipedia has it as hey, Foxy mop handle mama. That's me. Um, so remember how I told you in the meaning of the last track and how it was like people don't have to pay attention to like the lyrics, they'll just pay attention to the sound and everything like that. Uh -huh. uh, this has some pretty dark and morbid subject matter. And if you listen to the the recordings that are happening, because so Eddie Vedder recorded this news broadcast he heard when he was 17 uh, and they were interviewing people in an institution, like institutionalized people who have been there for like years and years and years. And um, mm -hmm. like the the things that these people are being asked and what they're saying in response are really kind of sad. And the reason why this is called Hey Foxy Mop Handle Mama, that's me, is because that's a line that's repeated by a woman being interviewed who is institutionalized. And she says it and she uh -huh. also says stupid mop a lot too. So yeah, I don't know. Given the subject matter, this song is kind of hard to listen to because apparently when he recorded it and wanted to use it for a song it was because the news report had a lot to do with like uh, they were taking away funding from mental hospitals and institutions just letting these people go without adequate care into society and it was i mean that's obviously uh -huh. problematic uh so he just kind of wanted to make this to emphasize that because uh, like even by 94 it was still an issue and guess what today although you know institutions aren't as much a thing they still exist but Whatever, yeah. mental health still is very dangerously underfunded. So, yeah. Uh, not trying to get political on anyone, but it is a fact. Just saying. Uh, and I know you probably well, don't like this track. Real, that's a real bummer. I don't like the track either. I'll say that much. It makes me feel bad that I don't like it. But by see, the this, time this I is why we try not to incorporate the lyrics too much, right? Because the music is yeah. the accessible part. Yes. Yeah, because it would have been so much better if I said... Uh, well, I have four four points for this. By the time I said, what even is this? It was almost three minutes. Uh, sorry if you love this, but I do not. This is a borderline jam, borderline mess around in the studio trying to get a riff that sounds good. And, eh, and that was it. I didn't listen to the lyrics like, or didn't listen to the uh, vocals, I guess. Uh, too closely. Uh, I will now. Um, go just but, go read uh, those again. Feel... Just go read them because uh, you'll you'll understand immediately. Because like, there's no deep meaning behind uh, it. Like this is this is a yeah. question and answer period between a narrator and these patients. So Indeed. like everything is straightforward, and uh, it, yeah. none of it feels good to listen to at all. Uh, you, you do this later. Come on, we still gotta we gotta finish yeah. this up. I see you like yeah, looking yeah, over no, at your no, laptop, I've... like. <laughs> No, I'm on my laptop. Still. Well, I say whatever you go down to like your your the bottom left of your screen there. I know you're like looking something up. Like I've 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 learned your facial directions here. 
<laughs> it's been a while, okay? Um, but yeah, it, this is kind of like a noisy, kind of almost avant-garde kind of jam, but it's like much quieter in the background over top of all these like pre-recorded stuff. Because again, Eddie recorded this when they were 17, just used it now, and they obviously looped a bunch of stuff too, because a lot of the mm-hmm. things, same things are repeated. Uh, the message is obviously far more important here. The music is just there, it's like backing up everything else. It's not really anything. Yeah. Uh, the song as a whole is nothing spectacular. This, again, this yeah. is kind of like uh, like Pride 2 or the Aya, the Vanietta, or whatever the hell it was called. Like, these are not songs that you are like to come back to like yes. again people commentating like us will come to these tracks and talk about them but other than that like you will not just like show the song off this isn't on your fucking summer jams playlist like it's this probably isn't even on your like your lonely nights playlist either i can almost guarantee or you uh, add the whole album to a playlist and you just take the song off, off I, feel like I haven't done that before but oh i albums. do it all the time Yep. Uh, yeah, again, nothing spectacular. It's very unsettling overall, though, especially once you start understanding the lyrics. Uh, a bold choice to close the album on, I will say that much. I still feel Immortality is the proper closer, but like, this is just one of those pro- post-credit things where you realize things are still pretty fucked up. Uh, immortality, uh, it feels like a nice, logical conclusion. Stupid mop. Well, psych. <laughs> it's like, I feel more anxious than I, I felt coming into this. Ugh. Well, it, I guess the point was like what these people are talking about in the song too was like Eddie's way of showing like these people still do need help and they're yeah. not going to get it now since they're underfunded and they're just going to be let out in society and that has been tremendously known to cause horrible issues, uh, not necessarily blaming the people with mental issues because again, they need the help and now they're not getting it. Mm-hmm. So he's emphasizing the point like these are the people coming out in society right now. So I mean like talk to your governments and tell them to fucking change things yikes uh again not trying to get political but uh pearl jim's a very political band so what can i say have you seen them lately he only ever talks about government stuff no i haven't uh well i know their instagram is full of like uh protest stuff and everything like that too so there's that anyways uh here we are a little while later at the very end of pearl jam's vitality so hey a vitality Vitalogy, there you go, I, I got this eventually. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us and making it this far through the album. Uh, we'd love to hear your opinions on everything because obviously we did a lot of talking when we want to hear yours now. But you can always do more too because of course we have to move on to part two of the podcast. We have to rank the songs, 14 of them on each side. So I guess we'll do that above our heads. Boom! I don't want to look up high, too far high because graphics have changed. There are names. <laughs> there are numbers. There's going to be more names. Song names to be specific because as I said, 14 songs on each side, 20 overall which songs will be worst the best least favorite to favorite uh not so great to great whatever you want to rank them as that's what we're doing i don't think we're gonna have any matches this week there's just this nagging i just don't think so really you think so yeah i hope for at least one there's 14 songs like i i think you are much more forgiving uh and i think maybe we'll get like We'll get close, but I don't think we're going to get any. It's our anniversary. We have to. Well, if we do, like, good. I will totally eat my words. I will eat my hat. But, uh... You're non-existent. Uh, eat my hat, please. It's fucking exactly. annoying. Sure. I'll boil it. That's fine. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't think we're going to get any. I'm hoping for at least one, obviously. I hope for that every week. But uh, I'm not too uh, confident in this one. Well, uh, let's see how right and or wrong you are. God, imagine we had like tons of matches for this one. Oh my God, that's fine. We've I've had two episodes in a row where we don't have any matches. We need to get back into the groove. This is the first time I will accept defeat in any of any kind. 
You've done it before. You'll do it again. Song number 14, Bugs. Okay, there's our match. <laughs> All right, good. So there is a match. Eat my fucking hat. If there's two, I will then tell you to eat my ass. <laughs> Song number 13, Pry 2. Ah, uh, 13, Stupid Mop. Stupid Mop. Uh, song number 12, Stupid Mop. 12, Pry 2. Okay, we're starting off strong. With all these one-off but one match at the very least. Number 11, Satan's Bed. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Uh, Davin, Davinita. That hey, one. Uh, Davinita? Yeah. Okay. Uh, song number 10, hey, A Davinita. Hey, wait, what was your 11 again? Oh, 11, sorry. Uh, Satan's Bed. Yeah, uh, 10 is Satan's Bed. So this is exciting. Holy Okay, shit. you know what? Maybe we're doing better. I, I know they're one-offs. We're better, we're still not matching. But they're one-offs, which show that the ones that we like are all at the top, so there's more of a chance for those to match. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Number nine, Whipping. Tremor Christ. Uh, tremor. And I fucked it up, didn't I? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, number eight, Nothing Man. Number eight, nothing, man. Jesus, I got to eat two hats. That's the, we're only gonna get two matches for our two-year anniversary. That's all. That's nothing else matches it. from this point forward. Number seven, immortality. <laughs> yeah, that's like two, but one more. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Right, number six, corduroy. Number six, whipping. Whipping. I really got to get your uh, disgusting throat noises in there. Number five, not for you. Number five, last exit. And this is where it all falls apart. But we got three matches so far. That is pretty good. Number four, better man. Uh, number four, spin the, spin the black circle. Spin the back circle. The. Number three, last exit. Number three, not for you. And yeah, we're done matching. We can't match anything else. Yeah, that's it. Not for you. Number two, Tremor Christ. Number two, Better Man. Better Man. And number one, Spin the Black Circle. Corduroy. I guess that makes sense. But you know what? Three matches. I'll take it. I'll take it. Pretty good. Uh, you said none. I said uh, we, we've got to do at least one because it's 14 tracks. And we got three. I... You know what? I will take the L on not immediately thinking we were going to get bugs as a match. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, we both kind of talk shit on it. I mean, like, yeah. with Pride 2, at least it seemed like there was a little more going on with it, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, okay, so yeah, three matches. Happy anniversary to us. That's good. But now we got to see how close we can match the uh, album rating. So let's just transition screens and find out. Swish. Oh, hello there, album rating screen. We haven't seen you in, oh, seven days. Never mind, it hasn't been that long. So <laughs> yes, the album rating screen, here it is. Uh, everything in all of its glory. All the B-tier albums in their uh, B-tier glory, their blurry. Yeah. <laughs> we refer to the B-tier now as the blurry hole. <laughs> oh my god. So then when they're in the C-tier, is it the Corey hole or? <laughs> the Corey Feldman hole. <laughs> Ew. 
he doesn't deserve a lot of the shit he gets. No, no, probably not. Uh, but anyways, uh, Pearl Jam deserves a place on our list at the very yeah. least with Vitalogy. They already have two places on the list, both yeah, in the B tier versus being higher. I know that much. So will Vitalogy go above that, below that? We'll go between them. Who knows? We're going to find out right now. So, uh, yeah, let's do this. Uh, you, you gave your score first. Okay, so um, I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid right off. The songs I like, I really like, but the songs I could live without, I really could live without. And my score ended up being 69.86, and it hurt my feelings. But you know what? There's no going back. There's no going back. There's no There's no uh, score fixing happening here. I did not think you would have uh, scored it that low, though. Holy Some of the shit. ones that I didn't like, I just did not like. But the well, ones I really liked, they're it's middle of the road. But still, like, same with me. But even so, like, the ones I really liked, really liked, and the ones I didn't like, well, it kind of tanked the score a bit, but not enough to uh, take it away from the B tier, because I have it at 75.35%. Oh, I'm just trying to make good content by... By trying to get things out of the B tier, but your incessant need for the B tier. I can't help it that I liked it just a bit more, and by a bit I mean I guess six points more. So that right. puts us at seventy-two point six zero. We're in the B minus tier. Seventy-two point six zero is just better than the birthday massacre, but not as good as Depeche Mode. So what you're saying though is this is the lowest rated Pearl Jam album we have on the list so far. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say probably yes. Well, I know you say it. You say it because you know. Uh, no, I don't. You have to listen in front of you. I don't have anything yeah. in front of me. Yeah, but you're you're really good at remembering episodes. Oh, not uh, anymore. That numbers. has gone since season four. <laughs> that, that has been gone. Yeah, There's your brain your brain's washed. Uh, I got Pearl balloons Jam on my head. Okay, fuck. Pearl Jam ten seventy four point one zero. Pearl oh, Jam yeah. versus seventy six point two four. Yeah, so this is definitely the lower of them. And it's you know what's funny is like I feel like well obviously surprise each year we're gonna keep doing Pearl Jam for the anniversary yes. for as long as we go. So I'm trying to think of how low they're gonna go as we keep continuing. There's gonna be some that aren't bad, but I can imagine after a while there's gonna be some that just might actually hit C tier. I can't wait until we get to lightning bolt and it's gonna be a complete reverse. I'm gonna be like, Yeah, it was eighty five and you're like, What are you fucking nuts? And then you just put it down in the C tour. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you I know how how bands are really popular, and then as they go on their albums, you're like, well, it's a Pearl Jam album, that's for sure. I'm sure that we'll, it's we'll get, I'm sure we'll get some of those. That's kind of how I feel about the self-titled album, which is coming up uh, in four um, more years or so. Yeah. My God, will we even be around for that point? Who knows? Will the world be around for that point? <laughs> There's your dark, not Spooky. optimistic, pessimistic point of the day. Because uh, I can say that because we're at the end of the podcast, not the end of the world, though. So, hey, thank you very much for joining us for our two-year anniversary of the Wraith Record Podcast, episode 88. <laughs> third time for Pearl Jam. Third Pearl Jam's a charm, just like my name says in the video chat there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, once again, thank you very much for uh, checking out this episode, and thank you very much if you've been uh, checking out the last two years of our content, or any amount of it at all. Uh, if you were watching today's episode and you listened to the album and you have opinions about it, let us know down in the comments below, wherever you're listening, uh, be it in the audio sector or the video sector, it doesn't really matter, there's comment sections everywhere. Also, let us know on our social medias at Rock on Record, rate the record podcast. Yes, sorry, I mentioned my radio show earlier. Now that's just in my head. Oops, wink. Mm -hmm. Go, definitely don't check that out. Um, 
Rate the Record Podcast over on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, and all that's found at RateTheRecord.ca. All the streaming links, all the social media, the merch that we sell, uh, uh, album requests, because there's plenty of those, and of course, the uh, RTR Club, five bucks a month at Kofi.com slash RateTheRecord. RateTheRecord.ca. Make sure you're checking that out now. One more time, RateTheRecord.ca. Okay, and I guess I will participate just slightly. INDI1015.ca. Rock on record. Sunday at what time? Sundays from 2 to 4 p.m. on Indy 1015. There you go. It's actually really good music. So <laughs> listen to it. You never tune in, anyways. It's all good. Uh, I don't tune in because I am stupid. Tune in this. Uh, I can say this because the show's already over at this point. Uh, the the my radio show uh, this Sunday as uh, it's my solo show because uh, Lexi's away and I am playing the entire A side of Hemispheres by Rush. Oh fuck yeah! I'm gonna listen to that then. The entire yeah. fucking A side front oh, to yeah. back. Can I call in? There's no call in. There's zero. Call Damn in. it! You can Damn. text me and I'll <laughs> see what's up. But other than oh, that, no. there's no call oh, in. This has to be on there. But uh, but yeah, indi one zero one five dot ca. Also found on TuneIn Radio too, as well. If you got that app going on as well. So yeah, enough of that. Uh, whoring myself out for my radio show. <laughs> uh that happens every sunday two to four uh rate the record is what we're doing right now and it's actually finished but before we let you go and uh uh end uh this first part of bonus stuff that we're doing we got bonus stuff to do later too for this podcast regardless we're gonna end this episode but before we do that uh savannah is going to give us a little sneak preview of what to expect next week just because we turned two doesn't mean we're finished yet we got more shit to do um okay so we've done them before uh in the last 87 episodes we've done they are in there um i'm not happy about it i'm actually pretty displeased and no it is not bob dylan thank fucking christ are you sure about that i think i got another bobby d cd on the way for you and me i hope you eat it and i hope you choke it is a request next week, though, so it is. maybe it someone is was cool enough to request Bob Dylan. I... <laughs> no. no. Uh, I, I haven't done that in a while. I miss that guy. Uh, I don't. All right, then. Well, we're going to let you go because uh, we're going to re- record more stuff now, including something that's coming out tomorrow from the release of this podcast. We're doing the mixtape episode that's coming out tomorrow. We're yeah. tapes. We're going to uh, see how much we like each other like each other's music i guess and so we know each other's terrified. Other uh, terrified well find out tomorrow or if this is in the future find out right now go to the video right now why the fuck not so until we see you next week or even tomorrow go listen to some awesome music like pearl jam with their yeah. other album vitalogy and we'll see you again next week take care friends bye-bye thank you for watching <laughs>